It's been a day, girl. It's, it's been a day. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a life. It's been a life. It could be over tomorrow, and I'd say, yeah, that's about, that, that was good. We had a good go. We had a good run. <laughs> Hi, Ellen Mars. Hi, Patricia. You guys, welcome to Obsessed with Disappeared. <laughs> I love how, one. like, you oh, got please, you <laughs> take it. You take, please. <laughs> you know what? We're 800 episodes in. Let's break form. You please go. No, I just have, guys. <laughs> Rewind it, Jennifer. You guys. Perfect. I now we You guys. <laughs> it's like not even words anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You guys, um, I don't even know what I was going to say. It's Obsessed with Disappeared. It's the podcast where Ellen Marsh and I recap our favorite show. Golden Girls. Disappeared. Wait, what? <laughs> Look, we got our TCO editor this week. You're not going to make it easy for him. Matt oh. Tamanini is here. Matt, I love Matt I Tamanini. I Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. You guys, if you, you guys, I can't unhear it now. Wait, Matt, give me a song that reminds you of me. Go. Okay, now give Patricia a song. Go. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what that was. <laughs> you guys, if you want more of these shenanigans, join us on the Patreon. At the $5 level, you get three full bonus episodes every month. Right now, we're covering that See No Evil. You guys, it's called See No Evil. It's on ID. And it's all about like solving murders using surveillance video. I am obsessed. They're so good at their jobs. Yeah, and also, we're good at our jobs. You guys, those episodes are really funny. <laughs> They're really, They're I really am funny. really, really loving this show. That yeah. came direct from you guys. We had you guys vote on some shows. We're loving it. All right. Anything, anything else, or? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was the Robin to your Howard. <laughs> I didn't know that till today. Yeah, we are not on equal footing here, please. <laughs> I used to make a very popular podcast called Theater People. Maybe you've heard of it. <gasps> All right. Oh. <laughs> um, that's it. I don't know. What, what, Whatever. Tell me something about your life. Just say one quick thing. Uh, I got big boobs and I cannot <laughs> lie. That's it. All right, you guys. Season four, episode 11, Vanished in Vermont, you guys. Ah, uh, alliteration. Yeah, well, this tells the story of the disappearance of Brianna Maitland. This is a famous one, girl. I knew this it's one. a famous one. Beautiful 17 year old Brianna Maitland is restless in her remote northern Vermont hometown. Brie had a free spirit, but she always wanted something bigger and better. One night, she vanishes after work. But family and friends don't find out for days. My mind was, like, find her right now. Soon, it becomes alarmingly clear, Brianna is not a runaway. I saw a picture of the car, and I thought I was going to lose it. All this amidst a rural drug epidemic. We're in upstate Vermont, and not a lot for the young kids to do. Disturbing rumors quickly spread. Your daughter's been dumped in the lake or, you know, drug-related people took her out. She may have been abducted because she's a beautiful young woman, which happens all the time. This is about 17-year-old Brianna Maitland from Vermont. We just said all that! I was just welcoming them back. Maybe they (laughs) fast-forwarded. So the thing 
they keep saying about Brianna, I'm going to take issue with just one thing. Can oh I have my. Can I have the floor sure. for a second? They keep calling her a free spirit. Brie had a free spirit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love everyone. I want everyone to be their own person. I want everyone to dance to the beat of their own drum. I want them to live, laugh, love. I want them. Love is love. Believe in yourself. Celebrate your life triumphantly. Circling the airport, Rose. God, diggity damn it. Can all the free spirits stop because the free spirits go missing? (laughs) The free spirits go missing. They always do. Oh, my God. You're right. Right? Oh, my God. She was a free spirit. I was like, I literally put my hands up. I was like, no. More free spirits. Just the the be- next time somebody introduces me to a person at a party, like she's a free spirit. I'm gonna be like, hi. And as we're leaning in for the cheese, I'm gonna go. You need to get your fingerprints on file, sis. Get those fingerprints on file, sis. SAP, clip those wings. Stop being so free. Well, Brianna is 17 years old, right? And so we're starting on March 19th, 2004. And 17-year-old Brianna Maitland heads out for breakfast with her mother just before taking a high school equivalency exam. She's out for breakfast with her mother. It's right before she's going to take the high school equivalency exam. We're going to get a lot more information on this in a minute, you guys. Actually, right now. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We meet Mama Kelly and we meet friend Shauna. So about six months before she disappeared. Now, this is a little strange. Go with me because it's a little bit of a weird situation. This is really, this is not normal. So, like, I have a lot of feelings about it. Same, same. So the idea being that free-spirited Brianna, a lot of her friends went to a school that was like 15 miles away, Uh and she didn't really fit in at her, you know, the school that she's zoned for. So (laughs) That was like the mommest thing. (laughs) Right now, people are like, did she say zone? What does zoned mean? You know what it means. People who made the correct choice to not have children. And then, and like... And, like, Shauna makes a point. She explains how cruel high school kids are. Yeah. High school kids are are cruel. You get judged so easily based upon how you act or dress or what you drive. And Bree didn't always have the best of everything. I have never forgiven Josh Carroll for announcing to the school bus that he couldn't tell my back from my front. Because many a day ago, you... You couldn't tell my back from my front. Is that a flat chest joke? Yes, he was. Josh Carroll, guess who had the last laugh, girl? Guess who had the last laugh on that one, Josh Carroll? Josh Carroll, I've never (laughs) forgotten it. He went, hey, Ellen. And I turned around and goes, oh, I thought you were facing me. (gasps) I think, I'm not sure. I think that he went into a coma from Oleander. I'm not positive. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm happy. A a person like that should be in a coma. Yeah, he's horrible. Better in a coma, Josh Carroll. You're better in a coma, girl. (laughs) So Mama Kelly explains that good-hearted Brianna went and lived with another friend. So, okay, we need to slow this the hell down because here's the thing. Number one, this case is super famous and our friends Lancey and Timmy make a whole podcast about it. So go find that if you want all the deets on the Brianna mates, okay? Wow. You with me on that? Yeah, that was a little overkill. Okay. (laughs) A little overkill on the abreeves. Not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to your face. Okay, great. Here's the thing. Like, like, we find out that her mom, like, she didn't get along with her mother, which, like, TikTok until that happens to you and Lola in all seriousness like and rather than just working it out and look I'm not here to to victim blame at all but like the parents just like let her move out right and move in with a friend which listen I love kids I ain't letting another teenager in my house so I don't know who agreed to that and here's the thing like as much of a bad decision as I think that was on the parents part 
I think the problem might have been Brianna. Yeah. Because it doesn't go great, sis. It doesn't. She doesn't stay at that friend's house very long, girl. Brianna moved in with a friend near the new high school where she enrolled. But just over a month later, in early December, she ended up bouncing from house to house, living with two different boyfriends and their families. Eventually, in late February of 2004, moved in with her childhood friend, Jillian Stout. She jumps around from friend's house to friend's and house. And then boyfriend's house to boyfriend's house, too, which I just said over my fucking dead body. Yeah. I would like, Timmy, Lancy, I would like more information Same. on why Brianna was allowed to move out yeah. and then went from home to, why didn't she just go to her parents' home? Yeah. It opens with mom and Brianna, like, going out for breakfast. It's not like they yeah, hate they each didn't other. No, They totally It's breakfast like- in the pasture, as far as I can tell. Breakfast in the pasture. You guys, mom- that's, pa- that's a Patreon joke. <laughs> Mama Kelly, she didn't seem... Pulsed. Yeah. <laughs> like, she really did. She She's was, like, in fact, non-pulsed. She was just very casual about it. Anyway, she explains how good-hearted Brianna was and that she would do anything. She would even stop for a hitchhiker. And I was like, don't do that. No. But don't they, do that. They're talking about her good-heartedness, and that's the best example they have. She would stop for a hitchhiker, even against my advice. And yet, one day I came home from work, and... She had picked up a hitchhiker, a young teenage boy, and there he was in my living room waiting to get a ride to go somewhere else. But she was a person of compassion. Uh, Listen, you can be kind, you can be good, but you can also leave hitchhikers. (laughs) You can be all of those things. They're not mutually exclusive. You guys, don't pick up hitchhikers. Unless it's me. Because I'm only hitchhiking if it's an emergency. And you... (laughs) (laughs) And it's just... You'll know right away that it's me. You'll know right away. Is that... Is that Patrick? I am safe. <laughs> I am safe to be picked up if I'm hitchhiking. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. So if I ever am in a situation where I need to hitchhike, it's not going to happen because I'm going to die in the car. You know what I mean? I'm going to sit in the car. I'll be there for 15 minutes. I'll be like, I'm out of food. I'm so thirsty. Oh, Lord, take me. Like, I am not standing on the highway. <laughs> Just parch. You see, like the time lapse at the at the bottom of the screen. It says four minutes. Yeah, and the cops are like, "How long you been here, son? Seven minutes. You're gonna go stand up on the highway." So anyway, it's very unclear how this family dynamic worked out. So, uh, so or Matt is like, they're quieter over hundred. Can I go back there? Can I go back there? I don't know. So we're in February in 2004. Brianna. Say it again. Say that whole sentence again. We're in 2004. No! Say it the way you said it the first time. It's February 2004. No. You said we're in February and 2004. <laughs> yes. Matt. No, Play I it didn't. back, Matt. I did Matt, I know you're new here, but this is the thing. She says and. We're in February and 2004. It's February and 2004. No, 2004. I'll wait for the playback. Thank you. I choose to believe the playback. I choose to believe science. Anyway, we had done this situation where she was popping around house to house, boyfriend to boyfriend. And finally, in February of 2004, Brianna dropped out of high school and she moved in permanently with her friend Jillian. And that was when she decided she was going to go for her GED or her high school equivalency. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing that happens, March 18th, 2004, we're in St. Albans, Vermont. It's noon, you guys. She completes the GED exam. I'm assuming this were back to like the day that she had breakfast with the mom. Right. The mother tells us they go shopping. It's one of Brianna's favorite activities. Brianna could go to a clothes store and pick out the latest avant-garde fashion, put it on, come out, model, and it would be show-stopping. 
Brianna could go to a clothing store, pick out the latest avant-garde fashion, model it, and it would be show-stopping. To which I said, how much avant-garde fashion do you think is happening up there in St. Albans, Vermont, girl? How many Bob Mackeys is she trying on, you think? <laughs> do you think they have a, a Joey's House of Style? <laughs> hey, bitch! It's another Patreon joke. You guys, get on the Patreon. That shit's funny, and you'll get our jokes. Too many inside jokes. Anyway, so while they're shopping- Avant-garde. The mom calls the fashion in St. Albans, Vermont. Avant-garde. Very cute. That's all. While they're shopping, Brianna gets distracted by something or someone outside. And she goes outside. Her mom checks out because her mom was paying the bill, of course. Because that's what you do when your family leaves your house. Yeah, you don't let them live with you, apparently, at 17, but you buy the clothes. But you buy all the clothes. (laughs) So a couple minutes later, they just sort of like meet up in the parking lot. And to this day, Mama Kelly actually doesn't know what she was doing there. But Mama Kelly wants us to know the vibe was all off. They were having a girls' day. Yeah. They were were modeling some avant-garde fashion together. They, her fashions were shaken and visibly distraught. Her fashions? Yeah, because she had her fashions and then she was visibly distraught. <laughs> it all goes together, no? Okay. Kelly notices that Brianna seems visibly shaken. She was like agitated, like I've got to get ready for work and, you know, I've got to get back, I've got to get back. And the whole mood kind of changed then. Kelly considers asking Brianna what was troubling her, but she doesn't want to be pushy or violate her privacy. She was thinking about asking what happened, but she didn't want to be pushy. What's that like? I, <laughs> to just hold your tongue? Never I, done it. I literally I wrote, she's not like us. Yeah, Mama no. Kelly's not like us, you guys. They say that successful people don't spend their time worrying about others, people's lives, which explains a lot for me. <laughs> In my life in general. Yeah. Because I'm no. constantly. Yeah. You are. Um, you are. Crazy. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that. I've gotten in a lot of trouble for saying that word on this podcast yeah, about you. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> So it's later that afternoon. It's March 19th, 2004, 3.30 p.m. Brianna is living with her friend Jillian because for whatever reason, the parents just can't keep Every, her Everybody's her. fine with it. Totally. <laughs> Not me. No one asked my opinion about this situation. I, Nobody I, asked me. If, if Lola asked me that, I would turn into a telenovela. Yeah. I would be yeah. like, why you want to leave me? I would turn into like my grandmother all of a sudden. Oh my God. Over- Break my heart. She spent time living on boyfriend's couches. Absolutely not. So Brianna leaves a note for roommate Jillian. Later that afternoon, before leaving for work, Brianna writes a note to Jillian saying she would be back home later that night. That evening, Brianna's getting backed up in her shift as a dishwasher at the Black Lantern Inn in Montgomery. I just want to say I've had that job. I've been a dishwasher. That shit is hard. One time when I was scrubbing the poaching pan, which is like the pan they poach the eggs in, but they keep the water going all morning. So like it's a black bottom. I could not scrub it clean. And I did. I asked my boss, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And my boss was like, well, you got to use some elbow grease. And I said, well, where do you keep that? <laughs> And he sent me on a mission around the kitchen looking for the, I couldn't find, I asked everybody where the elbow grease was, That's so cute. Something to the little chubby gay kid in the dish pit. All right, you guys, I worked my way up to head breakfast chef at that job. So at about 11.20 that night, she's off work. The wait staff is sort of sitting around, have drinks like you do. Yeah. And Brianna's like, later, you guys, I actually have another job in the morning. Yeah. Because remember, I dropped out of school and now I have two jobs and I'm living with my girlfriend, Jillian. So she definitely was seen driving away from the Black Lantern. Now this is where we meet. Oh, I love these 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 are my gifts. Yeah. These oh, yeah. are my gifts. Yeah. 
I'm going to call investigator Glenn, yeah. Gloomy Glenn. Ooh. Because Gloomy Glenn has a list of things he doesn't have time for, <laughs> and right at the top <laughs> is this interview. <laughs> Because he is bored, yeah. annoyed, yeah. and has other places to be. He's got a date with his Bumble date at the Outback Steakhouse yeah. hours ago. I gotta tell you, I kind of don't know how every investigator isn't like that in these episodes. Like, who wants to sit down and talk? If you're on this TV show, you didn't solve the case, <laughs> sis. Yes. They don't, they don't want to be there, I don't think. You know what I mean? Imagine every time Gloomy Glenn is talking, he's just eye-rolling. <laughs> she was seen leaving. Uh, the black lantern in, in her vehicle and was seen driving away. And she was seen driving away. The other thing Gloomy Glenn tells us is that it would take several days for anyone else to know that she was gone. Oh, just How wait. the fuck do we live in a world where that is... You know how we live in a world? I'm sorry I'm going to say it. When you let your 17-year-old still in high school move out and live with friends. That's how this shit happens. Yeah, and it was a little weird because it was 2004. Yeah. And though we didn't really have smartphones, we definitely had texting. And there was not... A lot of texting going on. <laughs> a lot of texting. So, no. <laughs> again, very confusing. I don't know how the signals or the pings work over but in Vermont. Get this, you guys. So, remember, Brianna had left a note for her roommate, Jillian. Jillian had gotten home and found that note and then promptly left for the weekend. Right. So, Jillian, the roommate's not going to know that she's gone. Two days later, Jillian gets home, sees that the note is untouched. There's no Brianna. She doesn't do anything. Jillian assumed that Brianna may have gone to her family's or another friend house so there was nothing to indicate there was anything wrong at that point as the days went by and still no one had heard from her obviously the uh, concern became more apparent this is the thing. Like, everyone thinks that she's somewhere else. Yeah. And no one's call- No one's asking. Any- like, oh, my God, it makes me insane. Right. So, to your point, so, like, Jillian, like, waited a couple days, and I was like, oh, why don't you wait a week? Yeah. What, what's the big deal? <laughs> what's, what's the hurry? Um, like, just wait a whole day. Just then. And then Jillian and Mama Kelly basically have a, I thought she was with you off. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, I thought she was with you. I and thought she was with you. This like, is where I have the thing. I said, I I know I'm always telling people to get the hell out of neighborhoods when, when it's clear they're not safe. I'm telling y'all, go back, get a time machine, get the hell out of 2004. You're all gonna die. You're all gonna die in 2004. It's not safe there. 2004 is not a safe time. Not a safe time. I love that the guy with the time machine is also like, oh, you're also not gonna like 2020. Yeah. So where do you wanna go? Because 2020 is not so good. There's a guy at the door being like, you're gonna wanna keep going. They sit down at the time machine, they're like, oh, let's see 2020. I bet that Mm, that (laughs) the guy just makes that emoji. Ooh, makes the hand cutting at the neck. It's like, I don't want to tell you where to go, but I want to tell you where not to go, and it's 20 fucking 20. Oh, God, even time machines aren't safe, you guys. What are we doing here? Honestly, everyone just get in your bed and hunker down and pray for daylight. (laughs) Anyway, so that's when Mama Kelly starts calling everyone they know. Now, we're four days out. Are we four days out? We are four days out. It's it's March 23rd, 2004, two days after my birthday. What do you think we did that year? I wonder if that was the year the bartenders at that biker bar I used to go to got me a vagina cake for my birthday, shoved my face into it where I was so drunk I thought I was going to die, and then I had pink icing face for the rest of the night. (laughs) That was it. So Papa Bruce was actually in New York and as soon as he found out that Brianna was missing, Christopher says, Brianna's father jumps into his car to drive all night back to his family's home. I mean, they literally say the exact words. What else am I supposed to do? He literally says the 
actual words. I know. <laughs> Should I do it? Yeah, I think it's warranted. He drove home night to get to Vermont. <laughs> But he did. He literally says he drove all night. Yeah, and so Brianna is, she's entered into the national database of missing juveniles. The next day that we're told the family makes more frantic phone calls to like, to any person she might be with. So they call Aunt Tammy, who lives in Pittsburgh, to see if Brianna is there. To which I wrote, this makes you wonder what kind of asshole they think Tammy is that she wouldn't have called to let them know that Brianna was there. Yeah, poor Aunt Tammy was like, I don't know where she is. She's just kind of like nodding. She's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. No, put a pin in Aunt Tammy because we're going to come back to her in a minute. Oh, she gets a call from your favorite person. Yeah. We're we're getting to it, you guys. So it's Thursday, March 25th, 2004. It's a week later. It's a week that she's And Mama Kelly and Papa Bruce are like, should we, um, (laughs) do you think we should go to the police? Uh, (laughs) Well, you drove all that way, Papa. You know what I mean? So they brought in pictures and they asked what car she was driving. So this whole timeline seems very lax. Yes. Right? A million percent. Like, it's either at a standstill or it's, like, flying by. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is the cops are like, wait, tell me again what kind of car she drives. And then they asked Bruce what she was driving. And Bruce told them she was driving this green Oldsmobile. A trooper pulls out a photograph of a vehicle found at the side of the road that previous Saturday. And I saw a picture of the car, and I was like, oh my gosh. I immediately, I got chills. Let me show you this picture. (laughs) What do you think of this picture? And they're like, yeah, that's her car. That's it. (laughs) And you guys, you've all seen a picture of this. It is literally a car that has been driven backwards through the side of an old abandoned house. The mom uses the word revulsed. 72 times. I don't think that's a word. She says, no, I Googled it. It is a word because she said revulsed a hundred times. I was revulsed. It was, I was revulsed. He was revolt. I looked at it. I was revulsed. The back end of her car was driven into this abandoned building. There was something instinctive that I was just revulsed, just instantly revulsed. I mean, she sounds yeah. like my Auntie Gloria, like revulsed. Yeah. That's not the way she talks. What does revulsed mean? Like sick. I was nauseous. Like not repulsed? That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> but also for a visual image. Now, we're in 2004. That was a 1980s mint green Oldsmobile. It's like, a weird car for a girl in like 2004 to be driving. The car is enormous. It's like it's like almost 30 years old. Yeah. It's like a mint green boat. Remember the car yeah. from My Cousin Vinny? It was like the car from My Cousin Vinny. Can you do the the deer by the by the creek model? You can shoot at Zia. <laughs> you're going to shoot a harmless innocent. Imagine you're at Zia. You go across the brook, you're looking for some water, you put your little dear lips to the cool, clear water, and bam! A fucking bullet rips off your head! Your little dear brains are scattered in a tiny little thousand pieces. Now I ask you, would you give a fuck what the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? Wait, you guys, Matt, you gotta keep all this in. Ellen was in a play with Marissa Tomei. Like, got to know her intimately. <laughs> tell them about the party. Just tell them. They have to know. Okay, is this gonna go in the outtakes? No! This okay. is going in the regular episode. So, Marissa had a party for us, and she, you know, invited and I went up to her and I said, Marissa, what can I bring? And she went, for what? And I said, well, for the party, booze, food. And she goes, Lizzie, you need something special? And I said, no, I, I, I just thought, you know, it was a party. And she goes, oh, no. 
And she looked at me like I just I shat in her dressing room. <laughs> like how double dog dare I offer to bring a charcuterie? <laughs> the eyes she gave me launched a thousand ships. It was the meanest. But she was nice. She was a nice person. She was ve- she was a very nice. She just I guess rich people don't do that. I guess. <laughs> because like she had like a wait staff and yeah. she had like cooks there. Like yeah. was I just supposed to bring like a Joe Malone candle and call it a day? <laughs> I can't afford those fucking candles. They're $120. <laughs> So for timeline, again, this timeline is driving me bonkers. The the vehicle was discovered on March 20th. Yeah. At 1.22 p.m. Now, yeah. that wasn't the first person who saw the car. That was like the ninth person yeah. who saw the so car. the state trooper was alerted. A state trooper was dispatched to a car on Route 118 with its rear end rammed up against a lonely farmhouse surrounded by open fields. The car had backed up into a lonely farmhouse. Maybe that farmhouse was perfectly fine on its own. <laughs> Maybe that farmhouse just hadn't found another farmhouse that it deemed worthy. How do you know that farmhouse was fucking lonely, Christopher? That was a lonely farmhouse. Oh, you are broken. <laughs> I um my only note here because I'm not as emotionally damaged as you <laughs> is uh I feel like they shot the recreation in the actual place cuz it looks exactly like the farmhouse. It really did. But the real car went into the far like the actual right. butt of the car is yeah. inside the house. Yes. And they did not do that for no, this recreation. They were like- <laughs> Just <laughs> Can you back it up just slightly? <laughs> closer. Closer. It's like someone trying to back into a parallel pocket. Should, should I go through like it's like in the picture? No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't have the clearance for that. It's private property. <laughs> back it up as far as you can so it looks realistic. Keep going. Keep going. And stop. That, that's, that's what we got, guys. That's what we got. Come on, boys. Favorite. No, 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 no. <laughs> just the poor tech guy. Should I back it all the way in? I did abs at the gym today. It hurts. So we get Gloomy Glenn, the investigator, fucking Gloomy Glenn Hall. He was like... The vehicle was backed into this abandoned house. There was not a significant amount of damage to the vehicle or the house. There was not a significant amount of damage to the car or the house. I'm like, okay, bro. That car served in Afghanistan. You could not hurt that car if you tried. (laughs) No, that car has seen better days, and he was just like, what? I got that lonely farmhouse. What else do you want me to take out? Well, they also say that they just assumed that it was a drunk driver who just abandoned the car, too, which I say, bad plan, drunk driver. Don't do that. Can you imagine being that drunk driver who didn't abandon the car, and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, oh, I'm alive. I didn't I didn't drive off the road or anything. And then you look behind you and realize you drove into that house last night. You drove right into it. And, and you're like, you, oh, fuck. It's that, it's that face again. <laughs> so when this trooper comes to the car, there wasn't much in the car. It was just like a couple little things and then two paychecks on the seat. And the paychecks were addressed to Brianna. Yeah. So they thought it was an abandoned car. And this, I love this part. The trooper reported it, I guess because he saw one of the paychecks. He then went to the Black Lantern, which yeah. I was like, proactive good totally. job and then it was closed right. so he was like well i tried so yeah and then he's, he's like i guess i'll go uh i guess i'll go drive these cornfields a bit and apparently he was called away on more urgent business and i you went guys. huh okay so in montgomery vermont <laughs> yeah violent crimes were eight 
2.6%. Do you know what the national average is? What? 227 <laughs> Okay? A crime occurs uh-huh. in that area every 34 days and 22 hours. <laughs> so here's my question. Where you going, Glenn? Where you going, girl? Where were you going? You didn't you didn't you didn't think you'd just circle back to the black lantern? He was like, well, you know, I tried I went. I tried. It I mean, was guys, closed. It was closed. The car was driven backwards into somebody's house. Like into the house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the car was yeah, part inside. inside. It was you inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could I have would, served tea on the back of the car. If you had to get into the trunk, you'd have to go in through the front door of the house to get yeah, there. Yeah. You know what I Listen, mean? Listen, no one did that because you know why? why? It was a lonely house. <laughs> no one was there. Poor house. Poor house. So, so lovable. So the towing company comes, gets the car, takes it to the auto shop. The owner of the farmhouse <laughs> yeah. actually took the pictures. Yes. And the state trooper didn't get anything. And the, and the owner of the farmhouse was like, hey, I took these pictures. And the, the this troop- car drove through my house last night, officer. You didn't want to photograph that? And then the police are like, ah, thanks. Can you hand those over? Thank you. Actually, those will come in handy. Upon hearing this story, Bruce Maitland's shock turns to dismay over why police failed to notify them sooner that the car had been located. Papa Bruce was like, the fuck are you all doing? Papa Bruce was like, you found her fucking car. You swung by the Black Lantern and didn't do anything else. I'm right here, dude. There's six people in our town and I'm one of them. I got to tell you, too, like the dad realizes that the trunk of the car has not yet been opened. Uh, Nobody knows where Brianna is. Dad takes a fucking crowbar and pries that. He's got the strength of a mother with a car on her baby. Yeah, because he's seen a true crime documentary or two. He was like, y'all didn't even pop the trunk. With a silent prayer, he pries the trunk open. They just didn't know what they were going to find. But thank goodness it wasn't her. She wasn't in there. So in the car, they find like her contacts, her migraine medication, but no keys to the car. And then we learn that like the mom is telling us that Brianna was trained in martial arts. And she goes, she would have been a handful. I'm like, oh, she's my kind of kidnap victim. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. This carpet's a little tight. <laughs> Can you turn up the indigo girl, please? Please. Sensible Dixie checks. <laughs> Hot. Hungry. <laughs> We've literally gone 200 feet in the van. Yeah. <laughs> Starving. <laughs> So uh, this carpet smells. I was watching this while I was at home with my mom, and I said I was asking my mom, like, if you're attacked, if someone who has studied martial arts was attacked, would they know what to do? And my mom's first question was, "Who wants to know?" <laughs> and I was like, oh, "This is where my trust issues began." Okay, but guess what, you guys? It's 11 p.m. in Pittsburgh. They call Aunt Tammy. Remember. Tammy? Yeah, guess what she does? Wait, remember how they had called Aunt Tammy and they were like, hey, have you seen Brianna? Yeah. Nobody filled Aunt Tammy in <laughs> within know. that time. Like someone left Aunt Tammy off the group yeah. chat. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Aunt Tammy was like. But I turned on my TV and there was a picture of Brianna. My stomach turned and my heart sank and um, I just started throwing stuff in a suitcase and it was like 11 o'clock at night and I still got my car and drove all the way. She drove all night <laughs> to get 
to Vermont again. You guys, they said it twice. <laughs> they said I, it twice. They said you guys. it twice. I don't know what to do. But the family was like, "Oh shit, right. We forgot to call Aunt Tammy." Yeah. Aunt yeah. Tammy learned on the news. I can't. That's how I'm going to learn about your disappearance. Absolutely. <laughs> so the police are sort of like they don't know if they're if they should be looking at this as a runaway or as a as like a potential crime or whatever. Mama Kelly, of course, like bursts into action, gets all the missing persons flyers made up. They're canvassing the town. And Papa Bruce turns into like Mariska Harkatay in like a day. He starts going to like all of her jobs, yeah. asking people questions. He's not waiting around for anybody's shit. Definitely not Gloomy Glenn. No. Because Gloomy Glenn, he's- I'm not like sleep. blaming the parents, but this is also why like the kids should be living at home. Like a 17-year-old in high school shouldn't be working two jobs in out at 1130 at night because you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, it just breaks my heart. We're at March- 30th if you all are keeping tabs on the date and they finally decide to check her car for evidence to which I say by all means Vermont (laughs) move at a glacial (laughs) pace you know how how that that thrills me They're looking for DNA and fingerprints. Christopher wants us to know. All that investigators will say about the search is that nothing was found to indicate foul play. All the investigators will say about the search is that nothing was found to indicate foul play. To which I said, well, Christopher, what else is there to say, girl? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, I think you told us everything. You know what I mean? Chloe Glenn was like, it was processed. I have literally no questions. For evidence. (laughs) Searched for DNA. So now that it's like on the news, you know, the parents are getting calls from the crazies. Like the phone is ringing off the hook. You want to take this section, sis? One of the interesting calls they get was from, (gasps) if you are a true crime sleuth and you know these dates, and you know this area. Everybody knows what you're going to say. Everybody knows. You were the, la- you were the last to know this information. <laughs> no, please. No. Go for it, my love. Go for it. I'm going to check my text. No, <laughs> no I want to hear you say it, please. One of the phone calls was from the Murray family. I imagine that it was Fred, and I, I just want to know what you think he said and how. He probably said, Kelly, it's Fred Murray. I'm so sorry about your daughter. <laughs> I know how hard this is for yes, you. Yes, yes. But let's join forces because my Mara has also yes. gone missing about five weeks ago. Oh. We're in nearby New Hampshire. Yes. My daughter Mara's 21. Oh. And so they there are a lot of similarities between the two. So this is where I got in trouble on our Insta Live the other night about, right. like, is this Israel Keys? Like, there was some speculation about, about that. Are the cases linked? Is it maybe the same person? And once again, you're all going to know what I'm going to I'm talking about, but I'm not allowed to say anything more. A podcaster that we all know and love and respect is working on that very question and has opinions. And that podcaster won't let me say any more than that. But new podcast coming soon. So we're two weeks later. We have about 500 volunteers join with the Class Kids Foundation for a ground search and they canvass the area. And they find nothing. But there's a lot of publicity. All of this effort fails to produce a breakthrough. But the widespread publicity pays off when witnesses come forward saying they saw Brianna's car the night it ended up backed into that old deserted farmhouse. Witnesses start coming forward saying that they saw Brianna's car the night that it backed into the farmhouse, and these stories are bananas. Yeah. So it's March 19th, right? That's the night that like that, that Brianna goes missing. The first known sighting, a man drove by the car sometime between 11.30 and 12.30, and Christopher says, The first known sighting of Brianna's abandoned car occurred when a man drove by sometime between 11.30 and 12.30, 10 to 70 minutes after she left work. 10 to 70 minutes after she left work. And I said, can you not be more specific, girl? (laughs) 
10 to 70 minutes. But also remember, you guys, this is a fucking car on a back Vermont road that is backed not up to, yeah. but through Inside. the yeah. wall of a home. Yeah. And people are driving by like, well, that's weird. I mean. That's it. That's all anyone has to say. I mean. What? It's probably a bunch of me's. <laughs> Look, I literally have my note right here. Thank God you don't live in northern Vermont. You would have been no help to anybody. If you guys are new here, Ellen not only notices nothing on the road, she doesn't care about your safety. I just don't know. It. I'd be I'd be like, what did that was that a car? <laughs> was that a car in a car? <laughs> Whatever. So this guy, the one 10 to 70 minutes, he says he thinks the headlights were on, did not see anyone inside the vehicle or around the vehicle. Then another witness passes by. He can pinpoint it a little more closely. He says 1230 a.m. He spotted the turn signal blinking on the car. But again, no one's calling the fucking police. This car is backed through a house. No one's like, let me go check and make sure everyone's okay. Or let me just call the cops and let them do it. So the only defense I can think of that is that they could couldn't see it was backed through the house. Uh-huh. It's dark. It's the middle of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? So it could have been the way it was on the reenactment. Right. Back up to the house. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> backed up to the house. So that's the only, I feel that, you know, from, again, when you're driving by, yeah. like, you know, maybe yeah. they didn't see that it was, like, in the farmhouse. I mean, I get that. But here's, here's a person who has no excuses. The last person to pass by, the last witness. The last possible sighting came in the early morning hours at around 4 a.m. when Brianna's ex-boyfriend was driving home from a night of partying. This person thought it might be her vehicle. Didn't know for sure. Didn't see anyone in it. Didn't see anyone around it. And then left. I'm like, he sees that it's Brianna's car. He recognizes it. He's like, ah, she's probably okay. N- does yeah. nothing. Yeah. Does Again, absolutely nothing. This is not like a Honda Civic. No. This is a 1985 <laughs> mint green Oldsmobile. Yes. Yes. Like, yes, I remain concerned. And yes. I said, I wrote, this guy went to the Ellen Marsh School of Paying Attention. <laughs> like, I don't, you don't call the cops. You're like, that's your ex-girlfriend's fucking car. There can only be one of those cars in that yeah, town. Absolutely. You know, that's the absolutely. only car. And you're not going to check and make sure she's all right or call the cops or call her parents. Nobody does anything. So the next morning, two motorist stops, not to call the cops, no. just to take a <laughs> shit ton of pictures. Because now, like, in the in the burning light of morning, you can see that this car's back through the wall yes, of this home. absolutely. So, so there are two things that I know to be true about these pictures. Number yeah. one, they're very, like, eerie and cool and they almost are. artistic. Yes. Yeah. And number two, I definitely would not do that. No. <laughs> Those are the only two things. Yeah. No, you would have kept driving. You'd have been like, is that a car? Yeah. Is that crashed into a house? But they didn't call anyone. No. They're just like, oh, these are keepers. And I will say these photos are being shown, like, at the time on Disappeared, they were being shown for the first time. Yeah. You guys, the cops never photographed this as a crime scene, never. ever. So these photos that the owner took probably for the insurance money, and these people took for their, their annual calendar. Yeah, their of, scrapbook like, collection. Totally. These are the only photos they have that can be used at, like to look at what the crime scene actually looked like. Exactly. So they're like, they basically were trying to understand if anyone in Brianna's life would have motivation to do this. And we take a really, really quick rewind. Yeah. And we're at February 27th of that year, 2004, and we're in Richford, Vermont. That's three weeks before she went missing. Get ready for a fucking banana story, you guys. Holy shit. Brianna went to a party, and she was apparently flirting or getting the wrong kind of attention from the boy, because obviously that's the woman's fault. Yeah, of course. Um, 
and this boy had a girlfriend, and that girlfriend's name was Kaylee. Kaylee Lacrosse. They drop her whole fucking name here, you guys. Yeah. They are not fucking around. They want you to know who this girl is. Yes. And Kaylee, she brought a carry-on, and there's no room for anybody shitting it. No. Kaylee is not fucking around. So Brianna left the party because she was feeling a weird tension between Kaylee and the boyfriend. Yeah. And Brianna left, and Kaylee followed her. She knocked on the window. Brianna rolled down the window, and Keely apparently punched her in the face. Brianna ended up with a broken nose and a concussion. Her facial appearance was terrible. She looked like she had been beaten and beaten. We see an image of this. She got a broken nose and a concussion. Kaylee! Yeah. God! Her face... You guys, no boy is worth this. No. No fucking boy is worth punching another woman in the face. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brianna's hospitalized. Obviously, Brianna files a fucking report against this Keely person. And so, like, that's the question. Like, would this Keely person have had motive to, like, to kill Brianna for, quote, flirting with her boyfriend? Right. And her parents were like, hey, honey, we've paid, like, thousands and thousands of dollars for you to have really good martial arts training. <laughs> why, why didn't you stand up for, your, for yourself, sweetheart? She said, well... I didn't want anyone to not like me. I didn't want her to be mad at me or to not like me, so I just let her beat the piss out of me. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable, you I guys. Know. It is unfucking believable. So we're fast forward. We're at April 9th, three weeks after she has vanished. And the complaint against Kaylee has now been dropped. Yeah. And so, and also Kaylee, it should be said, was cleared of any kind of involvement. Yeah. Okay. So now people around town start to say that her disappearance had to deal with drugs. Yeah. So it should be said, I have a little bit of research here. Vermont does have a very high drug traffic problem. Yeah. And so just a little bit of of side googing here trafficking in and out of the state has worsened it's a pretty bad it's a pretty bad problem even back in 2004 in vermont and this is because the state feeds into a lot of big cities it's sort of like the perfect storm because it's like halfway to like montreal boston new Uh york philly uh so it's like a great place and it's actually gotten worse due to covid19 yeah and they say like in that area where like brianna was especially there was a really bad crack Crack. epidemic happening i know i just wrote can you guys just smoke pot. I I mean, come on. And then Gloomy Glenn says something, but he was so boring I fell asleep. I don't even know what he said. And Shauna basically said She was experimenting with smoking marijuana. She told me that she had tried cocaine a couple times and also that she had smoked crack couple times. They say that she was a casual drug user and I was like, can you be a casual crack user? I don't I I really don't know. That's what I said. It's so highly addictive. We are two like theater nerds. The most I did was fake drink half of a Natty Light on the closing night of Hello Dolly my junior year of high school. So like, I don't know. I don't know either, but we get into these two guys. So the family gets this call that Brianna's being held against her will in like this like local farmhouse and the cops raid the farmhouse. Right. And this is a house where they kind of knew there was a little drug ring there. Yeah. Right? So the cops raid the farmhouses. There were two people there. No Brianna. They search the farmhouse. They find six grams of cocaine, some marijuana, drug trafficking paraphernalia, and two guns. Now this investigator, not Gloomy Glenn, rattles off these four names like my brothers could rattle off the 1994 A's team or you and I could rattle off the opening cast of Rent. Yeah. 
another <laughs> one. He rattles them off like they live on the tip of his tongue, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And he wrote. I was told that inside the home was Ramon Ryan's, Nathaniel Jackson, Stephanie Mashia, and Timothy Powell. He knew those people. Those were the drug people, that drug ring in that area. And they focus on this Nathaniel Jackson and Ramon Ryan's. Like those two guys knew Brianna, but they say that they don't know what happened to her. And at least at the time of like the recording of this episode, like we don't get any more information on that. Right. And Jillian, the roommate, had definitely corroborated that story. And she was like, no, they've like hung out outside. I've met those dudes before. Yeah. Before she went missing. She's like, I've seen them at parties many, many times. Like, listen, I mean, I knew who the drug dealers were when I was in yeah, high school. But again, like we should say they're also black guys. So like, can we not just like pin the disappearance and maybe murder on the black guys if we don't have enough information? I'm just saying like, are they easy scapegoats because they're two black guys? Oh. In a, you know what I mean? Oh, right. Now, I mean, I don't know. I think the way that guy had rattled off those names, yeah. I feel like they were like the town drug dealers and they were looking for a reason to like. Yeah. They they also were known to bring drugs into the yes, town. Like they yes. didn't actually live there. Right. So there's just like a couple little horrible things that make this all that much more torturous for this poor family that already hasn't been thrown up. Yeah. So they published this disgusting article that says that Brianna had drug debt, which is heinous. Like, un- unfortunately, like, the world that we live in, like, news is often conjecture, and it just really hurt the, it just, it actually hurt the family, like, yeah. emotionally. And there's so much stuff like that. Like, we get this whole thing about, like, there was a video from Caesar's Palace yeah. in Atlantic City where there's a woman playing cards who honestly really does like when you see the video and and we see the video in the in the episode and you know I love that shit she looks like Brianna she really yeah, looks yeah. like her but they get some company that can clean the video up and the mom is like and um a media agency did clean up that tape and get better resolution and they caught it and I looked and I saw it wasn't her it's just not her and yeah. I went are you sure sis? I know I kind of think Yeah, I mean, it was all kind of speculation, and Gloomy Glenn tells us they followed every lead. I'm like, okay. And they speculate sex trafficking, which which is, I hate hearing, and it, but it's so true and could be so true. So a police officer from the town gives a sworn statement that a local woman had told the officer that Ramon Ryans had killed Brianna and, like, dismembered her. But they don't find, like, there's no evidence no. of this. It's like, I will never stop being shocked at people's imaginations and their, like, ability to just make all of these things up. Like, it just, it, it, it read like a horror movie. Yeah, it ends with them saying that new evidence is that she had been contacted on like the night of the her disappearance and that she had been asked to show up at this like abandoned home intentionally that abandoned home that like where like the car was driven through that that wall like she was going there to meet somebody and they're saying the theory is that we know that the car was spotted with the lights on which seems to make you think that she was taken from the vehicle quickly she showed up there was a confrontation and during that confrontation she uh attempted to exit and when she attempted to she drove into the building and they extracted her from the vehicle. During this confrontation when they're grabbing her out of the car she like tried to get out of there and like it somehow ended up putting the car in reverse and drove backwards into the abandoned farmhouse and then they hustled her away from there like this is just the theory and nobody has any idea what became of her after that. Yep. As of September 29th 2020 this is still an open case so you can reach out to the Vermont State Police at 802 524 
802-933-5993. Or you can reach directly out to their family number, which is 802-933-6255. They also have a very active Facebook community. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a very famous case. You can listen to to Tim and Lance's podcast. They are interviewing uh, Brianna's dad all the time. Like, everyone's looking. Say something funny. Um, I was watching all of your Insta stories with your brother while you were away in California, and he's looking real good, girl. <laughs> you, on the other hand, look like a tampon with a mouth. Yeah, that got you good, didn't it? Oh, my that God. That got you good. Oh, you guys, we did season four, episode 11, I think this was. I don't know. We're moving. We're moving through them. If you want more of the shenanigans, you guys, join us on the Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. Each month, you get three full bonus episodes, plus our trivia. At the $10 level, you get ad-free versions of these episodes. You get to be in our best friend circle on Instagram. That's going great. It's so fun. Daisy and I got on there the other day and just did like an hour of filters. We just, we played with all the filters. Yeah. And also, if you feel like giving us a review on iTunes, go give us a five-star review and tell us why you love us. If you don't love us, it's okay. You can just skip that part. Yeah. Also, join us on the Instagram. It's The Disappeared Pod. Every Friday night, we go live at 6 p.m. Eastern. We call it Friday Night Live. We've been doing that now for like almost a year. Over a year, I would think. Our Friday night date. We've only missed one, I think, when you had your eye shot in. Oh. Oh my God! Your mom was our guest on the last on the last one. You guys go watch it. If you've never watched a Friday Night Live, go watch the last one that we put up. It's so so funny. It's so fun. All right, we love you. All right, bye. Name one fun thing in your life right now. I my hair is real tall. It's real tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's detracting from how tall your forehead's getting. I love you. Shopping is not a pastime. She said pastime. She said the word pastime is not a pastime. Go on. I'm a human who owns four shirts. I don't know how the shopping works. You know what I mean, girl? Wait. So we have Charlene. Yeah. Who does. Chico artist. Chico artist who does my voice on all the reenactments. And now we have the woman who does your voice. And she has purchased all four of your shirts. Is that right? All four of the shirts? Yeah. Simone (gasps) has gone out and found online all of your fucking shirts. That is dedication. (laughs) Someone someone send her an OWD Tumblr. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, that's the bar where you met Jamie Lynn Spears' dad. Are there any other members of that family we can connect that guy to, you think? <laughs> that house has a lovely roommate named Jeff, though. You know what I mean? Very, they seem very... <laughs> no, I think you joke about the house being gay, but nobody knows. I would use Steve next time. But I didn't even mean this Steve. Chad, give the wife a little pickle tickle. Okay. Sometimes read the iTunes reviews or like the comments in the Facebook group and women are like, my husband hates it when I listen to this show and my feelings get hurt and then I hear myself being like, yeah. And now I get, husbands, you're dismissed. Yeah, husbands. You're dismissed. We're not mad, we're not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> 